Mahomes is in the gun. He's flanked by his running back. His arms extended. Three wide. Gets the snap. Four-man rush. Moves up. He gets a block. He runs to the near side. He's on the numbers. He breaks a tackle at the 30. Comes to the near side. Breaks another tackle. Down the sideline. 25-20. Got a block at the 10. Cuts inside. Five. He's in. What a run. Touchdown, Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes. A dazzling 27-yard six-hanging run. And the Chiefs have taken a lead 11 seconds before halftime. Wow. Mahomes is under center again from the 20. He'll go to an E. The benches will empty. The clock will tick down. This one is over. And the Chiefs are AFC champions. Down to two. Down to one. The confetti falls. And the fireworks will shoot off the rim of Arrowhead Stadium. For the first time in 50 years, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. First and goal, the ball spotted just inside the two. Mahomes tosses it inside, and it is a touchdown, Travis Kelsey. You talk about a shovel pass. Mahomes is so adept, and he put it right on the money in a crowd to Kelsey for the score. That was impressive. Rush coming. Mahomes floats it. Wide open, Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. An incredible combination. Mahomes to Kelsey. And the Chiefs are running away with it. Mahomes takes a knee. And that is it. The Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. Kansas City is trying to run it back. And they get it done in the AFC Championship game as they knock off the Bills 38-24. to The Chiefs are headed back to the big one. The final score, the Chiefs 38, the Bills 24. We are tied at 20. 45-yard attempt. Looking for the lead. Bucker. Snap. Placement. Bucker's kick. He's got it! Kansas City in front with three seconds remaining. Caught at the 19-yard line. Taylor is gang tackled and it is over the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years the Chiefs win the AFC championship and get revenge against the Bengals 23 to 20 the final at Arrowhead are you ready for some football (laughs) playoffs Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Ravens. Second and two. Jackson out of the gun. Runs the pocket to his right. Throws toward the end zone. Leaping grab. Isaiah Likely. Over the top of Derek Stingley. Touchdown. Ravens. 15 yards from Lamar Jackson. It's 23 to 10. Baltimore. Off the play fake. Jackson rolls to his left. Ball to his left. Inside the 10. Out of the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Lamar. touchdowns two passing touchdowns and the ravens are on top 30 to 10 stroud out of the gun hands the ball off to a google who runs to his right over the block of his right guard gets to the 47 yard line and that should do it 
For the first time in more than 50 years, the city of Baltimore is going to host the AFC Championship. Next week, they'll take on either the Chiefs or the Bills. Chiefs. Running back block. Mahomes runs a long pass. Farsight backpedaling. Spinning touchdown catch at the goal line. Kelsey. He could not have been more wide open. A touchdown reception by the spinning all-pro tight end of 21 yards. And the Chiefs have taken their first lead tonight. Three tight ends under center. Mahomes the snap, the spin. Backpedals and throws. Caught by Kelsey. Gets a block. Runs to the far sideline. Stiff arms his way to the two. Goes to the pylon, and it is. Did he get in? Let's see. They gave him. Yes, they gave him the touchdown. They gave him the touchdown under the late call. Kelsey with his second touchdown reception tonight, and the Chiefs have taken the lead on another lead change. 19-17, early in the third. There's the shotgun champ. Hand off Pacheco. Knifing his way. Touchdown. He gets in over the left guard. He just had a Pacheco. That's the fifth lead change. And the Chiefs lead it 26 to 24. Goal to tie. The wind at his back. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is up. No good. Wide right. Wide right. The Bills kicker missed a field goal. Wide right. Jubilation for the Chiefs sideline. Mahomes will be under center. He'll be at his own 42 with a second. Two, he gets the snap, spins, hands Pacheco over the right guard on the hash, digs and falls through the first down of the 45 of Kansas City. The Chiefs have gotten a first down, and Buffalo is going to take a timeout. A first down run by the hard-charging Pacheco. There's the snap. He goes to a knee. It's fourth down, and that is it. The bench is empty. The Chiefs have gone on the road and won in Frigid Orchard Park, New York. In a game that had five lead changes in one of the great quarterback matchups we have seen with Mahomes against Allen. The clock now at three, at two, at one, and zeros on the clock, and it's over. The Chiefs are going to a six-consecutive AFC championship. They'll take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens next week. I don't like competing against him at all. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's a great quarterback. Um, definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's not even a, a no-brainer. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, but he, he's just, I believe he's just two, two, two greats, um, up-and-coming greats, just going toe-to-toe, you know, like a heavyweight fight, heavyweight matchup. That's that's just what I see. I mean, not this year. My, my stats and my numbers, I don't know if I, if I was in that conversation, but um, he, he, he led his team. I think uh, MVP is a lot of things. The stats is leading your team, winning football games, um, and he did that all this year. Um, I think for us, this is the challenge of going up against the best is what, what motivates you. I mean, they got the best defense. They got the MVP on offense. Um, they have a great special teams unit, um, and they were the best football team throughout the entire season. So it, it motivates you to, in order to, to win the 
Super Bowl, you got to beat the best teams, and this is the best team that, we, that we've played so far this year, and it'll be a great challenge for us. Good morning, Kansas City. This is the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John and Nate Bucati with Jake Gutierrez. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you spending your football Friday with us, your Red Friday, as the Chiefs get ready to take on the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday in the AFC Championship game. And, of course, the Chiefs versus Ravens will be live on Sports Radio 810 WHB on Sunday. Our pregame coverage will begin at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. Then Chiefs postgame will be immediately following the game. We have the NFC Championship game on our sister station ESPN Kansas City and immediately following postgame on 810. The AFC and NFC Championship games on Sports Radio 810 are brought to you by Hollywood Casino, Missouri Farm Bureau, Greenlight Dispensary, and Adams Toyota. And Nate Bucati will be at the uh, P&L District. You can come down and watch the game on the big screen. Nate will be the uh, MC because uh, that's what he wants. Yeah, baby. That's what he demands. Get out with the people. Yeah. Uh, you can come on uh, come on down and watch the Chiefs take on the Bills. Grab a cold Miller Lite. Your favorite stadium eats and cheer on. The Chiefs, as uh, hopefully they get back to the Super Bowl. They've got great food and drink specials at McFadden's Pizza Bar. Guys, uh, dive, taco dive, and no other pub. Admission is free. You can also reserve your table now at powerandlightdistrict.com. So there you go. There it is. And so yesterday we spent some time out at Arrowhead Stadium talking to some different players in the locker room. He had a lot of people, uh, a lot of coaches at the podium yesterday. Also, Patrick Mahomes is at the podium as well. So we'll have some of that sound for you to get you ready for Sunday. Very, very exciting game today on the show. We'll have Stan Weber in studio for an hour and a half to talk about that. Also, we'll have a very quick um, Border Patrol fast break with Gabe DeArm and Jay Heydrich and Greg Gurley. One question each for the Border Patrol fast break. Uh, and then Tim Grunhard will be on the phone in the 9 o'clock hour to preview the Chiefs and the, Ra- uh, Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, in between the fast break, and Tim Grunhardt will play a couple of locker room interviews. We talked to Leo Chennault. We talked to Joshua Williams. We talked to Charles Amenehue. And like I mentioned, uh, several Chiefs players at the podium as well. And so we'll uh, hear from Spags. It's always good to hear from Steve Spagnolo, He's probably my favorite coach to hear from when the coaches speak each week. Uh, and so uh, he was up there. Also, Matt Nagy, Rasheed Rice, Nick Bolton, all that good stuff. Dave Tobe. Today, Andy Reid will be speaking along with Travis Kelsey and Legereus Need and George Karloftis and Trent McDuffie, Mike Dana, and Trey Smith. A little later, start today, um, the uh, players will be at the podium at 1 o'clock following Andy Reid. So 
later on in the afternoon, about an hour, hour and a half later than they've been going the last couple of days. So there you have it. As we get ready for the big game coming up on Sunday, I'm glad it's at 2 o'clock so I don't have to wait around all day for the game to start. And uh, that'll give me uh, plenty of time to decompress because it's really hard when it's a, like last week, it was really hard to go to sleep after that game, after watching that game, the excitement of the Chiefs and Bills. So I'm glad the Chiefs are going at 2 o'clock. It's 2 o'clock on CBS for the Chiefs and the Ravens, then 5.30 on Fox for the Lions and the 49ers right now, as I'm looking at uh, ESPN's latest odds, Baltimore is favored by four, and the San Francisco 49ers are favored by seven and a half. So, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna take the Lions and the points. Are you doing points or money line, Jake? Uh, I'll probably do a small money line, and then I'll probably go a little heavier on the points. Hmm. What are you doing with the Chiefs? Well, I I got them at three and a half already. And then I'm probably looking at, uh, and I threw a small wager on an MVS anytime touchdown. <laughs> You're really touting that. I don't, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not. Don't do it. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not really in on that one. No, and, and nor should you be. But, it, you know. <laughs> I don't hey, think, man. It it's plus, you know, five bucks, you know, plus what 750. Is it? Plus 750. Oh, okay. So, I mean, like, yeah, five bucks to win 45 or something like that. I'll take it. I like Pat Mahomes over, I think it's 260. I think Over I, 260. I think so. I think, uh, I think I like Lamar over his running number. I think that's 62 yards. Mm-hmm. There's just things I, I, I'm having my eye I mean, on. You haven't, you haven't closed out all your bets yet no the only bet i have on the table right now is chiefs plus three and a half and i might you know now that they're at four oh cash out on the other bet and throw it into the lose a buck to pay for half a point i don't know we'll see but yeah lions for sure seven and a half i'm glad i've wait i almost jumped on it yesterday at seven that hook it makes a big difference. Can you give me the broadcast crews that we have on Sports Radio 810 WHB? I'm looking at the TV. Can you have access to that? Yeah, give me a, give me a, maybe two minutes. So yeah, I'll, I'll give you two minutes. That's what you get. Start uh, the clock. Starting now. On, uh, on TV, of course, for the AFC Championship game on CBS, it'll be Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Tracy Wolfson, Evan Washburn, and Jay Feely, who really doesn't serve a purpose. Like, I was wondering, like... If you have a kicker there as uh, an analyst, like why wouldn't you done it? Why wouldn't you have done it like a quick hit with him before Tyler Bass was attempting that game-winning field goal in those conditions? Yeah. Right. All right, let's throw it down to Jay. Jay, the game's on the line here with this kick. What do you What do you see? What do you see from the wind? What are you looking at the conditions? What do you expect here? Something, right? If you yeah. have a kicker, yeah. Like I don't I don't know what he does. I think he was the one that pointed out that the Chiefs only had 10 guys on the field on the fake punt. Yeah. I think that's about the one time I remember him doing something, but that's about it. I'd rather hear him talk about kicking. Yeah. I think that would be uh, helpful. Uh, I wish that uh, the Chiefs had the Fox announced crew of Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, Aaron Andrews, and Tom Rinaldi. That's who will be calling the game for the uh, between the Lions and the 49ers.
So more Tony people are getting sick of Tony Romo. Are you? I don't care. I don't really care who calls the game, to be honest with you. As long as it's not uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, I'm I'm pretty good with whatever. So the Chiefs Westwood One broadcast crew is my guy. Oh. Uh, my main man, Ian Eagle. Oh, man. And he'll be alongside Jason McCourty and Devin McCourty. Okay. So I assume that means Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner and uh, Laura Okeman will be on the NFC. That's the best. I got to chat with uh, Ian Eagle the night of the Broncos game, Jake, because I was covering it for Steven, and we rode the elevator up together, and, of course, I knew. Did you name drop? I name dropped. I said, hey, Ian, I wouldn't expect you to remember me, but I do a morning show in town, work with Jake Gutierrez, and his eyes lit up right away. Hey, how's Jake doing? What you know? I, I Love that guy. I love that guy. That's what he said about you. <laughs> love that guy. We, uh, He's awesome. We spent many of the seasons on the road. I think I did six seasons with Ian. You can listen to those broadcast crews on Sports Radio 810 WHB if that's what you want. Right here, the home of the NFL. Heard some good calls from Ian on that montage you opened the show with. He's, uh, he's called the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl before. How about that? So, wouldn't hurt to hear it again. Two of the three times. I don't mind Romo. I don't either. No, I don't either. I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, maybe they. Maybe he just got so much love so early that people got. I don't know. They, I mean, Greg Olson's better, but I yeah. like Romo. Yeah, I, I've got no issues with him at all. He's better than most. They could do a lot worse on this call. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Besides Greg Olson, I don't know like who I. Who I really love. I'm obviously a huge fan of the the Kevin Harlan Trent Green uh, tandem. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. I, I got CBS. Yeah, CBS doesn't have a whole lot better. I mean, Ian does a game with Charles Davis, and I don't think he adds a whole lot. He's fine. I wish it was Kevin Harlan, but what do you do? We, it doesn't matter if, if it, you know what, if the Chiefs win, then Romo will be awesome. Yep. If the Chiefs lose, then Romo will suck. So. <laughs> That's pretty much how I look at it. <laughs> Agreed. This guy's yeah. terrible. Cosign. Yeah. Hey, let's play one of the interviews we uh, took part in in the uh, locker room. How about linebacker Leo Chanel? He's obviously an important part of this defense, one of the young guns in the linebacking core that the Chiefs invested in to rebuild that group. And now, and hopefully they'll they'll have their full complement of linebackers out there because they need them. It's one of the best best groups in the uh in the league between Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr., Drew Tranquil and Leo Chanel. So here's Leo in the locker room yesterday. All right, so what's it like, uh, two running quarterbacks, different running quarterbacks, right, going from, from Allen to Jackson here? Yeah, you know, um, you know, I always remember his, his uh, highlight video in the high school clip. You know, he just juked somebody out. And, um, but, you know, he's a dangerous, dangerous quarterback all the way around. You know, he's really developed. Um, you know, it's, it's, like I said, really potent the way he's playing. You know, he starts to scramble, and, you know, you think, oh, everybody's got to rally the ball. But, you know, he'll chuck it to a guy that's wide open. And, you know, I feel like everybody's kind of adjusted to that around him. Um, so, again, that's 
still makes him dangerous. Yeah, it seems like Allen's a guy who'll run right through you. He's a guy that can make make it look silly and run around you. Yeah, no, for sure. Like he's like the most athletic person I've ever seen. You know, especially as a quarterback, like it's it's unreal what he's doing. What's the give and take on on downs where you have a spy, where you're keeping a guy on the quarterback, and downs where you're, where you're not? What goes into factoring whether you do that? Or not? Um, you know, it's it's always tough. You know, um, you know, because you lose either you know someone in coverage or or you know an extra aggressive pass rusher. Um, you know, guys that are more like you know standing still like a tower. You know, you get an aggressive pass rusher, close the pocket a lot faster. But you know, with him, he can go anywhere. Um, so yeah, you got to kind of balance it out. Yep. How much does the mood change around here for championship week? Is there a, a different level of focus? Um, you know, I think I think when we get into the playoffs and you know all season long, we had the focus. But like when we got in the playoffs, it's like okay, it's time to go. Um, you know, we, we got to do our thing right now. Um, you know, there's definitely a sense of urgency. Um, you know, guys are locked in um, for sure. What's happening to this this defense in the second half? Where you guys are seemingly getting stronger every game. You know, in the second half, I think it's credit to our coaches. Um, we come in at halftime, and um, Coach Bags, and you know, along with the assistant coaches, who are giving that information. You know, from the top, um, from the side. You know, they're they're really good at you know um, game plan in the second half. And hey, this is how they're trying to attack us. They're going to repeat it. You know, if they had success with it, they're going to repeat it. Um, so I think they do a really good job at that. It's, it's not just Lamar Jackson. They, they got the number one overall rush offense in the league. The guy I remember when you got brought in was like, this guy likes to hit people, likes to stop the run. Do you enjoy the challenge of taking on the best rushing attack in the NFL? Oh, oh, for sure. Um, you know, that's that's such a huge part of the game. Um, you know, as a defense, we have that pride. You know, we want to shut down shut down the run game. And, you know, kind of every defensive coach says it. It's like you got to start with the run game because, you know, if they're going to gash you there, like you don't have a chance. Um, they'll just keep pounding and pounding. And that's kind of a mental thing. The run game is a mental thing for sure because if, you know, if they're bursting out like six, eight, 12-yard plays, like, that kind of wears on you. So, um, yeah, we definitely take pride in that, and they've got a great group, and, you know, we're looking forward to it. You know, you've had to deal with the snow and the ice now, but this might be a rain game out in Baltimore. How does that affect things? And just talk about experience playing in the rain. Um, you know, you just got to gotta be mindful of, um, you know, in warm-ups how, how you're feeling. If you're slipping around, just, you know, put some seven studs on. Um, if you feel good, you know, you don't. Um, try to try to limit thinking about that as little as possible, you know. If it's not affecting you, whatever. But try to be, try to be really smart, um, you know, great approach to it. Is there a pride that you guys take because so much attention is put on that Baltimore defense? Do you guys kind of take that as a, you know, we're a good defense too? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like They're, they're a great defense. They've been, they've been making plays um, every single game all season long. It's a long season and, you know, they've, they've shut people down all season. Um, you know, we don't, we don't want to compare ourselves with anybody. Um, they're a great unit. Um, you know, we believe you're a great unit and um, it'll be fun, fun to, you know, see how it goes. Awesome. Excellent. Right. How did you enjoy that experience playing on the road for the first time in the postseason you know you got one under your belt now so you know, get you ready for this this week but what, what, what was that like um you know they're uh the bills fans are definitely like you know a great fan base in terms of you know they're bringing emotion they're bringing you know they're loud they're you know they're energetic man they're bringing it and uh that was kind of a cool environment just to be a part of um you know like kind of like a gladiator sense man you know got everybody against you um you know it's just us kind of you know standing our ground and um it was cool kind of hear to kind of hear the silence, you know, instead of like the cheering when we make good plays. It's, it's definitely a different feel, but it was, it was pretty fun. Did you get hit with a snowball? I didn't, know Personally, I was, I was kind of keeping like a side eye to it, but that was good. Hey, man, good luck. Hey, thank you. So that was uh, linebacker Leo Chenault, Jake taking phone calls and talking to people for some reason. Stop calling Jake. I'm in the middle of a show. Who called you? Stan. Oh, yeah. 
What did he say? He uh, forgot his key fob, so. Oh, okay. Just need to be let in during the you break. Look, you look concerned. Well, when I hear his voice and. I thought we were off the air or something. I usually see him. No, we're, we're, we're live on the radio. One more thing that I wanted to play. I, I got a kick out of uh, listening to this. Uh, he's retired now, so I can go back to liking him. Because I liked him, and then he, you know, had this rivalry with the Chiefs and Mahomes. And so I went away from that, but I still got mad respect for Tom Brady as a GOAT. Uh, the second one with Jim Gray. Uh, and so he does, uh, he does a show on Sirius XM, Let's Go with Jim Gray. And the topic, and they've talked about Mahomes, you know, every week. And it's interesting to hear Tom Brady talk about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think they recorded this on Monday and they released it yesterday. Um, I don't know. I found this interesting. I like to hear Tom Brady talk about Patrick Mahomes. Because I mean, he was, he was the only guy right now that that definitively is, you know, better than Patrick Mahomes as far as his resume and what he's done and who's Patrick Mahomes chasing. I mean, right now it's still Joe Montana because he's got four, mm-hmm. you know, is ahead of him, and I, that's I mean, that's but I just think that Tom Brady's the guy that yeah. When it's all said and done, that's that's who Mahomes is chasing as far as legacy. So I'd like to hear Tom Brady talk about Patrick Mahomes, and usually he's he praises him. You know, he's pretty complimentary. This is uh, Jim Gray and Tom Brady uh, talking about how you beat Patrick Mahomes. But how does anybody currently playing beat Patrick Mahomes? This guy, oh. if it's not for you or Joe Burrow, one time he's thirteen and three in the playoffs. He's an incredible competitor, and I think it's on display in the biggest moment. So I, everyone, I got a lot of questions for you. Again, what do you think? It's at Buffalo. And I said, the guy like Patrick, he, he doesn't doesn't phase him. He doesn't care that it's in Buffalo. He wants to go out and play who's ever the best to see how he matches up. And he always seems to play his best in the big moments. And you know, even the Super Bowl where we got him in when we were in Tampa, he was, you know, he was running all over. He ran for 450 yards you know, horizontally across the field in order to get passes off. And there was kind of an onslaught of pressure, but he still in those moments was giving his team a chance to win from his athletic ability, his tenacity, his competitiveness. He's got so many of the intangibles. So beyond his ability to throw the ball, run it when he does, he had a great run yesterday. I think he's got these intangibles that everyone believes. And I said it in the third quarter yesterday, as soon as Casey took the lead, it felt like Buffalo's got to go. Oh God. This is not the game we wanted. We we didn't want to be in behind three in the third quarter, and they took the lead, and then obviously the, the, the game turned out the way it did. But he's a fierce competitor. they got a great team. They're really well coached. It's been a great organization, five, six AFC championships, actually, in the last six years. That's that's pretty impressive. I like to hear Tom Brady talk about Patrick Mahomes. Well, and that's a guy who's going to be great as an analyst next year. Sure he is. Um but there's there's something he said that I, I want to extract from that that I think uh, is relevant for Sunday, and he's right. There 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 whatever moment it was, there was a moment when Buffalo, whether it was the team, the fans, whatever, felt, oh God, <laughs> you know the, the the offense, this Chiefs offense isn't struggling like it was the first time we played them. Mahomes looks different. 
Their offense is all we can't stop. They're all oh god. Oh no. Right. Yeah. Uh, MVS is catching football. Oh no. Yeah, oh god. Mm-hmm. Kelsey. Kelsey looks like Kelsey. Oh god. It's important to give Baltimore that oh god moment because they've been rolling and they've been front runners. And then, hey, look, that's 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 a compliment. They've been kicking ass and taking names. Mm-hmm. But you, I don't care what anyone says. They didn't want Patrick Mahomes there. They wanted Buffalo. Okay? Patrick Mahomes is the man. Patrick Mahomes is the best. And if, if let's just say it's even in the third quarter. Right? And and Mahomes throws a touchdown pass or something, and 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 the Chiefs take the lead halfway through the third quarter. There's going to be people in Baltimore, and they might, might be on the sideline. Oh God, oh no, oh, we're not going we're not going to beat him by two touchdowns. Oh God, he's on today. Oh no, our our defense can't stop him. Oh God, give give Baltimore that oh God moment and see how they react. And that's when we talk about the pressure that'll be on Lamar, too. It's one thing if you're up by 10 points or whatever, 12 points, 14 points. But what if he realizes in the middle of the third quarter that he's in? he's got to match him? He's in a shootout. They're down four. Do you understand the amount of pressure that will be heaped upon him? Patrick Mahomes has been in the Super Bowl down 10 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> there ain't no pressure that's going to get to him against a great defense like San Francisco. Been there, done that. I want that pressure to be on Baltimore. And if you know what? And if they react the right way and they pull it off, more power to them. But it's easier said than done. I want that pressure on them. I want them to have that, oh, God, moment. The way we used to have facing certain quarterbacks. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't want to see this guy have the ball. Oh, oh, God, our defense can't stop him. I want them to say, oh, God, it's Mahomes. It's a playoff Mahomes. You want him to be like John Denver in that 1977 movie with George Burns, Oh, God. What does that reference mean? That's a movie. I, I you remember that movie. movie? I, you sure I, Every I, time I, you said, oh, God, I just kept thinking yeah. about that movie. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. I thought you'd be excited. Sure, I, I, I do a I, movie from the seventies. Never a big John Denver fan, though. Sorry, my bad. I like George Burns. Yeah. Oh God, book two. No, I didn't like that movie. Hated that movie. In fact, I don't know why. Did you like that movie? I remember my mom thought it was funny. Yeah. That's all I really remember about it. Yeah, this didn't resonate with me. I get it though. Uh, but I want Baltimore to have that moment, and Patrick Mahomes can deliver that moment, and then you find out. Then you find out they're champions. Get him in some adversity. Yeah. And it's going to happen. Because people people that think the Chiefs are going to go lay down and get blown out or get run out of the stadium or lose by two touchdowns, Jake's saying no. No. Hell no. Hell no. Mm, Not happening. Bishop Goldwinkle over there. I like the way you talk. Not happening. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a battle. Let's let Stan Weber in the building. (laughs) 
and see what Stan Weber has to say. It's a football Friday. It's a freaky Friday. It's a red Friday. It's all those things wrapped into one big show right here on Sports Radio 810 WHP. You are listening to The Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810. Yeah, it's just it's different, first off. Um, we played a lot of home games, a lot of games at Arrowhead, which we love. Um, but getting a new challenge, new opportunity to go out there and, and see what we can do. Um, that as well as when you're on the road. I mean, obviously, Chiefs Kingdom travels, but everybody's against you. And you've got to go out there and come together as a team and find a way to win. And um, it's just a whole new opportunity for you to go out there and see what you're really about. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John and APK with Jake Gutierrez, now joined by Stan Weber in the studio. Stan, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Good morning. Steve, before we get into the football, uh, I'd like to ask you kind of a loaded question. Okay. What the hell was going on in Ames, Iowa? There's game a lot going on. Right. I mean, we were watching that game. All hell was breaking loose. It seemed like during the game, behind the bench, and then, you know, Jerome Tang obviously getting a technical, and then the, the long conversation in the handshake line afterwards, where it looked like he was, he was telling Otzenberger, he was he was airing him out. But then, but uh, he did not initiate that conversation. It's very important that you understand what happened there. Yeah, tell us. Uh, they had the issues where the officials were involved, and then those two guys, like Norm Stewart and Jack Hartman, used to, you know. Yell at each other or whatever. It's not. They may not have been yelling at each other, but they both were talking. The coaches were talking to each other at one point in the game, and T.J. Osselberger was getting upset or whatever. And then, so when the game ended, they're going to go shake hands. Normally, they just walk by real quick and shake hands unless they really are good buddies. And even if they're good buddies, a lot of times they'll just shake hands because there's a you know, 35 people behind them that they cross over, and so you know, they could call each other later or whatever. But this time, T.J. stopped and said, "Hey, I." I said, Wyatt saw him say, hey, I'm not sure what you're upset about or something. So he just stopped it and said, hey, let's don't leave on bad terms right now. Let's talk. So that's how it started. It wasn't Jerome getting after him at all. It was Iowa State's coach saying, hey, let, before you leave here, there must be a misunderstanding. And so they talked. And so that was not heated at all. And you could tell by the postgame, weren't, weren't both guys really complimentary yeah. of the other and saying, yep. hey, this is between us. We'll work it out. And... You know, that's a great program over there, hard to play. You know, everything was very cordial. But that was TJ saying, hey, so if anyone thinks that Jerome was mad and then he continued on and wouldn't let the let the game uh, end and go home without getting upset again, that's not the case at all. It was a very cordial conversation. It was started by Otzelberger, not by Jerome Tang. But what happened? What was the – what was – do you know what Jerome Tang was There's something over about? by the bench right. that they were upset about, and they were – Telling the officials, "Hey, something's over here by the bench," and you know, yeah, I know what it is, but I just I'm not going to comment because it's up to Jerome Tang to talk about what he wants to talk about. So this is classic. I mean, he may never talk about it the rest of his life, and there's plenty of things Bill Snyder uh, had happen, and I still don't talk about it. You know, 30 years later, just you know, it's their choice to say what they want to talk about. But it's it's between it's not a big thing for the public to know anyway. Really, I mean, it's just not that big. A, deal on that front so they'll he may never talk about it again it's on to the next game but someone said you know hey it, 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 someone might have been yelling the n-word or something that's that's big time stuff right, right. I, that it's not in that area at all were they throwing uh, stuff 
Did you see? Or? Uh, no, I'm just not going to comment. I mean, something, the bench, K-State's bench and Jerome were unhappy. They were pointing over my head going like that, and I don't know what, I couldn't tell what was going on over there during the game. I had no idea what was going on, and they were adamant and talking to the officials, and I go, there must be a fan who's just being too mean, too mean, and that, I'm not, I don't know what that meant, but it's, I guessed, man, it must be a fan because nowadays you don't only have your bench, you have a whole line of people behind there. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, because the staffs are getting bigger. They show that video. That, those people were wild. I mean, it was yeah, crazy. Yeah, no, it was old school. Uh, like I said, remember Norm Stewart and mm-hmm. those guys would get after it in the old Big Eight days and Johnny Orr. Johnny Orr. Because yeah. it's interesting because now Kansas has to go up there on Saturday, and it's I, I can't imagine it's going to be any better. I mean, there's we've seen things that have happened. In Ames, when Kansas goes to play Iowa State, right, Nate? I mean, you know. Yeah. Who was, what was, what was his name? Weathermax? We- Weathermax? Weathermax? Yeah. Who was the guy that was... I can't remember if it was Weathermax or Weathermax, but he, yeah, he was... Mel? Mel? Wanted, to, wanted a piece of Bill Self yeah. after the game. Those mans? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, put him up. Hey. Well, it, what it, they it, do? I'll tell you, Iowa State game management, something that I noticed that's different is when you watch TV... The benches are on the opposite side of the television, okay? You can see the benches at all times, Mm -hmm. okay? When you go to halftime, if you think about it, as you're watching your TV, Iowa State, the home team's on your right, visitor on your left. The home team just immediately goes and runs through a tunnel, okay? But the visiting team crosses over the court at a 45-degree angle to go to the other tunnel. That tunnel has a big cover over it now. So it sticks out, oh, I don't know, 30 feet or whatever, so... That last 30 feet when you're running in the tunnel, the fans kind of aren't over you. Like if they were to you know, throw a beer or something yeah. or snowball at Patrick. You saw Patrick <laughs> Mahomes go in. Just think if they would have had an extension to the tunnel that went out to the goalpost. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like those last five steps he would have been underneath something. They have that at Iowa State now. Mm. So I, I hadn't seen that before. That usually <laughs> doesn't happen. Like you go with the doors the door, run over there. Now, right as you edge off the court, they're under a tunnel. To walk back in. So I, I don't know what they do uh, to protect the opponents, but that's one of the things that happened. But, yeah, it was a very long game. I looked down. I go, it's 20 after 10, and there's still yeah, five minutes right. left in it the game. game. And the tension was high. The energy was high. And when you're there, sometimes you miss out on a lot of things that are going on because I don't have seven cameras. I have one angle. I got a good angle, but I don't have – can't see behind me or what all television's showing. And – you know, so to me, it just didn't seem that extraordinary compared to what I see all the time. It was just a good game, coaches battling. You know, the thing that I don't understand when it gets right down to it is when the technicals called on Jerome Tang, why at that point with just over two minutes left, it's ball game. Why? He didn't get in the face of an official or go jumping up and, and down and screaming. it was a terrible call. It was a terrible call. It was a terrible call. <laughs> I mean, it was. But his animation, his reaction was no different than it had been all game. There was a lot of reaction and intensity, but the officials were at the other end of the court, and the one who called the technical was on the baseline, mm-hmm. and the one who called the foul that Jerome was yelling at or was upset with was 30 feet away. So there was no – why call a technical at that point and say game over? I just didn't understand that. We'll take a break. Back after this on WHP. There's definitely been some schematic changes, um, but at the end of the day, it's the Ravens. I mean, it's 
they're going to play physical, they're going to play fast, they're going to play hard, um, and they have a lot of pride in defense. I mean, obviously they have the offense and they, they've put up a lot of numbers over these last few years, um, but if you think about the Ravens' defense and they're going to fly around and try to dictate tempo, that's just who they are. And so it's our job is to go out there and, and play our game, um, play fast, play physical as well, um, and match their tempo. Um, and so it's going, be a, it's going to be a great challenge. I'm excited for it. I mean, I know it's going to be tough, it's going to be hard, but at the same time, this is what you want at this point in the playoffs. That's right, Patrick Mahomes. One other note on basketball, I'm like so locked in on football mode, it's hard for me to... It's just, it's just hard for me to pay attention to anything more than the playoffs. Staying on football crazy, but that's pretty good tomorrow. 11 a.m. K-State at Houston and 12.30 Kansas at Iowa State. All four teams are 4-2 and two in the conference. Oh, boy. Who's that's in first be... place in the Big 12 if you asked 100 people <laughs> in Kansas City? How many of them would guess who's in first place? Old T-Tech. Exactly. they got to go to Oklahoma. They're the only team with one loss. Everyone else has two or more. That's a good game, too. That's at 1 o'clock. Just right. bam, bam, bam. Uh, three games featuring... Uh, teams atop the Big 12. That's pretty good. Yeah, we talk about how in the offseason, it's unbelievable how the NFL headlines just keep coming and coming, and it's things that people are interested in and need to be talked about, and we are seeing that happen right now, covering up basketball. You think about the Big 12 and how good they are at basketball. Kansas, how important basketball is. K-State went to the Elite Eight last year, and here they are in second place at 4-2. and two. All these things, and all anyone wants to talk about is, is Belichick going to go to the, this team, or what's going to happen? Where's Harbaugh going to go? Even when you're not talking about the big games, the semifinals, the championship games, which are giant, and then here in Kansas City, obviously you want to talk about the Chiefs, but even when you take a deep breath and don't talk about the Chiefs, immediately you start talking about football. And then it could be college football, because Harbaugh leaves and you go, well, who's going to take the Michigan job, and who's going to transfer here? And it has been an amazing run into 2024, where basketball just gets put over to the side over and over again. We are already six games into Big 12 conference play. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Belichick. It's, it's been it was interesting last couple of weeks. All right, who's Atlanta going to end up with, Belichick or Mike Vrabel? And then the answer was Raheem Morris. Do you know how well I know Raheem Former Morris? Former K-State defensive say, yeah. coordinator. Yeah. Yes, I know him very well. I'm glad he's getting a second chance. He's a really good defensive coordinator, and he's a really good guy. And so with the modern style of coaching, he may have a chance. And being around the Rams the way he was, I think he has a good appreciation. I like the fact that he's been with the Atlanta Falcons before. I think being a new coach and going into a new organization can be hard. It's easy for Andy Reid to jump from Philadelphia to Kansas City, and no matter what the Chiefs are made of, he could come in and determine how he wants to work with ownership put his imprint on the program, that's easy. He's an experienced coach. It'll be easy for Belichick to transfer in if he wants to. It's going to be easy for Harbaugh. But if you're a new coach and you're going to some place, you know, Raheem Morris has been to Atlanta a long, enough. He knows what's going on there. So I, I like it. I like him. I don't know if he's going to be successful or not. It's hard to win in the NFL. <laughs> it is really hard to win. And everyone should start with a what? Quarterback? Nine and eight record. No, I'm no. just saying every season. Why? Gotcha. Well, you're right. Sorry about that. You were correct. But I see I, what I you're mean, saying. Different. With the yeah. parity, why don't you think your yeah. team's eight and nine or nine and eight? Right. No matter who you are. Yeah. That's where the inertia and gravity wants to push everybody, right? Somewhere around 500. Everyone said Houston was awful this year. 
that they should tank and get more draft choices next year, right? Mm-hmm. And look how close they were. They should have led at halftime against the Ravens. They should have made that field goal and been up by three, and you want to write them off. So almost everybody, not the Chiefs, you know, certain programs are above that record, but everyone else should start at 8-9 and nine or 9-8, nine and eight, and it's hard to get up away from there. And so Raheem Morris or whoever the coach is, it's not going to be easy, but he's in a division that you can win. There's no more open vi- division right. than the NFC South. They just take turns yeah. winning the division, and who's the dominant team? 9-8 and eight was the best record in that division this year. You know what the best record was last year? 8-9. and nine. <laughs> So Tom Brady and you know, gave a little juice to Tampa, like, hey, maybe they're the better team. They were 8-9 and nine when they won the division last year mm. with Brady. Then he retired. So it's a good division to go to. But, man, the AFC West is changing from a division that had no good coaches in it other than Andy Reid to now you're starting to build up some juice with two other legitimate coaches in the division. Uh, so the Chiefs have the advantage. They have Patrick Mahomes. They have Andy Reid. But it has changed. The AFC West has become much more competitive. What do you think of Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers? Uh, for the Chargers, it's very, very good. Um, I've called out Staley from, like, the fourth week that he was a head coach that this guy isn't going to get it done. He played the analytics game too stupidly. Uh, he's a defensive coordinator type of guy, and the defense wasn't good. What was the better part of the Chargers when you played him? Herbert? Get scared of him a little bit? Eckler? Those wide receivers? Don't they kind of... But then they have a bunch of money, and they've invested on the defense, but that defense never performs. You get ready for Chiefs games going, oh, boy, I don't know if the Chiefs can beat that defense. Have you ever said that the last three years? No. So his expertise didn't play out at all. And they had star players he, on that defense when they and were he did, healthy he, anyway. He just didn't command respect, and they're so undisciplined, and they make such losing plays, they remind me of the Dallas Cowboys. Hmm. Hmm. You know, Bill Belichick has not been signed yet. Maybe Jerry Jones will reconsider. Are you hoping for that? Oh, yeah. Could could Belichick win at the highest level with Prescott as his quarterback? Yes. Is this just because Belichick wants, wants the power, wants it too much? Like Atlanta, they're saying that that's, that's why they didn't hire him, because he wanted... Uh... This is very interesting you, you ask this, because... I talk to people a lot about their decisions in their business lives and careers, you know, about what choices they make. And I always am the advocate of saying, think about your whole life, 365 days a year, all 24 hours, not just what society says about the prestige of a position. And in that kind of light, you want to work with people you want to work with that are good people and make your day better. And hopefully you can be successful in your business career, and be happy at the same time. Well, if I had that argument, I'd say do not hire Bill Belichick, and that's a problem. There's a lot of people who say my job is going to be miserable. No one wants this guy in the room. (laughs) Because you're working for him, not with him. Right. But in this, I'm talking about a 1,000 jobs. In the NFL, you got to win. So maybe you got to suck it up. Jerry Jones or ownership or GMs or everybody in the building is going to be miserable with Bill Belichick's there. But you know what they might be doing? Holding up their Super Bowl ring, showing all their family. And if they have other people that are nice, they aren't going to be putting up Super Bowl rings. Because you know who's going to win the Super Bowls? The guys like Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, the greatest coaches with the greatest quarterbacks win Super Bowls. So I want Dallas 
or whomever gets Bill Belichick, they're going to win, man. But it's going to be miserable. And I think everyone's going, I can't pull the trigger. Everybody in my organization, you're the owner, and everyone's looking at you go, I hate you if you <laughs> pick this guy. He will make everybody miserable. He won't even smile. They win Super Bowls and he won't smile. He comes in after the day after the Super Bowl and goes, how do we get better next year, guys? And they're like, really, Coach? Really? Yeah, how do we get better? Hmm. That just wears on you, man. We'll take a break. Back after this on WHB.